Welcome back to Alyssa Explains It All. I am so excited for you guys to hear the episode today because honestly, it went in a direction that I did not think it was going to go. So this week, we had my friend Chris on the pod. And I met Chris in New York City, like through TikTok. He does these really great TikToks about the history of New York and the best dating spots to take somebody and the best bars in the city. And I know him as being this person who like loves to go out, loves to be social. And you'll hear that he does not like this, but he was kind of like just the party guy. And so he's super fun to hang out with, but I definitely could never keep up with him and his friend group. I was really looking forward to having him on because I knew he would have a lot of really great dating stories. It ended up taking a really beautiful turn and he has grown so much in, I think, the year that I've known him. And I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to everyone hearing it. He is entering his sobriety journey and seeing how that affects his day-to-day -day life and his dating life. And it seems like it's going real well. He was really gracious and shared a lot about his experience. And so I'm very happy that he came on to talk about this. And I think you all are going to love it. So without further ado, here is Chris Merch. <laughs> Hello, Chris Merch. Also, Nigel Roxbury, ah, also ah, Phantom Suture. Chris, I don't know what yeah, I should call me. Yeah, call me Chris. That's, you know, <laughs> Nigel's just the, the music name and <laughs> Phantom Smoocher is what I got outed as on a national newspaper. That's fun. Oh, that was, I think, one of, like, the funniest things I've ever seen to someone, like, sure. happen to someone around me. And that like reading the article do you think that the person do you think that the person who wrote it was like trying to make fun Bruh. of you guys yes because i couldn't so, tell like make fun of us no i think that there were some aspects that were not all the way true like kind of around the truth he did yeah. profile the night yeah. well and what we did ate mm -hmm. drank venues yada yada people we interacted yeah. with um but there were like some sly little like jokes in there that um i think may have come from his brain but overall i would say about 85 percent mm -hmm. of it was accurate including them you know my friends yeah. calling me that name i well i've heard that name like i've heard your friends yeah. call you that before i read it so it was it was especially hilarious to have that yeah yeah so fun my my mother even knows that now so i'm really <laughs> glad about that now it was um oh. brock I, i've actually run into brock <laughs> a few times since the article was written um they are very awesome mm. um yeah they they're just a, a yeah. really good like person who i really enjoy interacting with we got along great um from what i've uh yeah. you know heard from people that have read it is that i got a, a good write-up within it so i'm not necessarily too you know i couldn't be yeah. mad at it because we all agreed to do it and i kind of knew what we were getting yeah. ourselves into um but yeah no you know what that's uh i was anxious when it came out just because of you know the comment backlash we were getting on instagram and things like that but really mm. what has helped with that is when i get approached in person through whether they know me from instagram TikTok, whatever it is the article it's always been positive there has never been a negative interaction yeah. and it's because you know there's these faceless nameless people on the internet who can say whatever they want without repercussions mm -hmm. but if you say something in person to someone yeah. there could not i'm not saying i'm gonna like punch them because i'm not 
no, I, I have never been in a fight, but it's like, <laughs> no, but you know, people aren't even brave enough. Yeah, people aren't exactly. brave enough to be mean though. Like in real, yeah. in real life, they're not brave the enough internet to be nearly as mean the, as the, they are. That's like on one thing to learn. It's yeah. like, um, uh, you, you know, Cody, uh, James, who you've met, um, with, with the Cody, with the E, mm-hmm. he, you know, has received some backlash yes. online <laughs> just for being himself. You know, it's not even backlash. It's just like haters right. and trolls. And I remember he called me one time and was like, look, man, what do I do about this? All these things. Cause I've, I had re- kind of received some stuff in the past and I was just like, look, mm-hmm. man, the internet's fake. Everyone that's come up to you in person has been nice. No one really has bad things to say about you. Plus, you know, yourself, you're a nice person. I know you, I know you're not uh, an asshole. Right. Just just focus on right. on you and being yourself and um, just being the nice, gregarious, fun person that you are. And this will all blow over because the Internet only yeah. lives in 24 hour cycles, you know, and um, it's also totally. fake. The nameless, faceless commenters on Instagram and, <laughs> and Twitter and all these things, they they don't matter. They should mm-hmm. be in your head for maybe one second. Yeah. Take in the information and then forget about it. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. It's also like, um, as you know, easier said than done. And it takes a lot of practice. Honestly, when people are mean to me in like, pu- like publicly and like comments, which doesn't, mm-hmm. thank God doesn't happen that often. Sometimes I delete the comment because I'm like, you know what, this is my platform. I understand like, like it seems sort of like silly to delete it because you don't want them to like feel like they got to you. I don't need that to to like live anywhere near me. And it's not my responsibility to like do, to do anything to like, like what, like it's my platform. The only responsibility that I have is to like be a positive, whatever person on, on my platform. And if it's going to make me like upset mm-hmm. to see it, like I will just delete it. But also I didn't really give background to who you are. Like we just jumped into yeah. the article and I don't, we didn't even talk about like why. Okay. So the reason I'm excited to have you on is, Partially because I'm your friend and I think that you're wonderful. Thank you. But you also, <laughs> of course, you also have built your platform around talking about New York City, like hot spots and hidden spots and like date night spots and things like that. You also have your music too. So you are kind of like an entertainer in a lot of different ways. <laughs> and so for those who don't know, the article that came out um, was about really like your friend group and it like I think it just kind of represented this new generation of like lower east side like guys who just want to like go out and experience the city and I think that especially post pandemic that type of um, mentality sort of like fell off so it kind of felt like you guys were like the cool kids and that's what they were doing the article on and uh, that was very cool um and also there are way worse things to be called than a phantom smoocher like you could have been like the phantom fucker and you weren't like that's you know (laughs) yeah so that's not, that's pretty good. And you in that article seems real nice. Yeah, no, like yeah, you are, like you are in real yes, life. Yes, <laughs> you know, I I really don't have like a, a mean bone in my body. I I, I was, you really, I was don't. really raised uh, very well, thankfully, and mm-hmm. by parents who um, were were just like very keen on the golden rule. You know, just treat treat yeah. people how you want to be treated, and and always lead with positivity and niceness. And if it's not reciprocated, then just get away from that person because. 
you know, sadly, I know all of us want everyone to like us. That's not going to happen. However, I, mm-hmm. I really do try my best to just lead every situation and uh, with another person, lead with positivity, lead with niceness and, you know, see see what comes out of it. And, and I think that that is just the best way to really go into um, kind of any situation. I've always been someone who has been like glass half full instead of glass half empty. Mm-hmm. I'm really happy to be a naturally positive person. Like, I take, you know, yes, I've dealt with like depression and anxiety. I take like SSRIs and go to therapy and all these things. But um, the one thing that has been a part of my life has been just general, you know, positivity and and trying to treat people as as well as I can on a daily basis, because there really is no reason not to treat people well. I've found that when you are leading with negativity, it that is just reciprocated and then it's never a fun mm-hmm. interaction at all. You know, we all have our bad yeah. days, obviously, but you know, when it comes to to that article, I'm really glad I clicked with the writer. Those are some of my really good friends, and you know, we clown on each other, and um, you know, are you know maybe like compete for girls at one point or whatever, and like the same girl, and we're like, oh yeah. no, yeah. I you know whatever yada yada. But they're they're all very nice people. I wouldn't hang out with them if they weren't. I think they get a bad rap on yeah. the internet. Um, I think a lot of people don't know them. Um, very well. Besides, I think a lot of people are also jealous. Like I genuinely do. And I know that that's like a thing that your mom says to like make you feel better, but I really do because like you and your friend group are all very unique and very like, like you're just, you guys just like look cool. Like if I saw you guys out and I didn't know you, I probably would feel like I'm not fucking talking to them because they're very cool looking and ain't no fucking way they're going to want to hang out with me. Like you guys seem very cool. And then, and then like, are the nicest people and very like welcoming and super mm-hmm. like chill and you know and so i think i think a lot of where that comes from really is people like being jealous of the amount of like individuality that you guys are all displaying and that you've had this like little friend group that and like new york city is always going to have the aesthetic that people are mm. like looking for people love that shit and you guys really lean into it without really trying like it's really authentic and genuine in the way that like you're just like living yeah life. you know um i i'm not i'm not quite sure about the the jealousy aspect just because on my end I could care less about looking cool. It's all about, mm. or, or I know, but you aren't trying. That's like that's what I think people get. I think that's what people get envious of because people can. There's like like you can see when someone is like cool without trying versus cool and like clearly puts in like a lot of effort. And I think that like you're not that. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, I really appreciate that. That's I. You know, I I had to deal with a lot of like bullying growing up and um, mm. just a lot of like real self-sabotage and lack of self-confidence and self-esteem to find a place where I just on a daily basis and and going out and, and interacting with people and being social where I felt comfortable. And, you know, sometimes yeah. it's even fake comfortability, fake confidence. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the kind of saying, fake it until you make it. It's, um, you know, uh, again, it, just being trying to be social and nice and positive in all of these interactions, I think lends itself to a sort of factor of, oh, I would feel comfortable going up to them or, uh, oh, maybe they seem cool without trying. It's, it's, uh, yeah. you know, being called cool is, is not something I, that has ever really <laughs> happened or I'm used to. Um, I, I just, I really enjoy when I can, you know, put a smile on someone's face or they can leave mm-hmm. our interaction together um, feeling, you know, good about themselves or um, just 
thinking, you know, maybe that I could be friends with Chris, Nigel, whatever you want to, you know, call me. Yeah. Um, that, that's, <laughs> that's really important to me is like relationships and friendships, um, even if they are for that one interaction, I would just like to leave people with, with a smile on their face mostly. Yeah, I think that's what that we used to say in Girl Scouts. Like you have to leave a place better. You have to leave a place better than you found it, and I feel like you kind of do that. So you talked a little bit about like where you're from and what your family is like, and so you're actually from California, which I think is so funny because you are you just seem so New York to me. Like I associate you with New York, and I think your followers do absolutely <laughs> associate you with New York. With New York, hello. Um, so it's funny that you're not you're not actually from here, but you've been here for how long now? Uh, it will be six years in May. So I came in 2017, okay. um, yeah. you know, just right out of school. And mm -hmm. yeah, I've been here ever since. I, I've been in the state of New York for a decade. Um, I went to school at Ithaca College in upstate New York. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, just a five-hour drive, just a five-hour drive from here. Um, but <laughs> Ithaca is so beautiful. Ithaca, Ithaca really, you know, Ithaca is gorgeous. It's gorgeous, um, it is. <laughs> Ithaca was, was, you know, really the best school for me. I went there. I had no idea what the hell it was. I, I went there to play basketball initially. And, you know, some of my best friends in life still to this day, because it is like a, a good feeder to New York. A lot mm -hmm. of people go to New York or LA because there's a huge communication school in which I was a part of at Ithaca. And, and you know, they feed to the media capitals, essentially. And um, still to this day, you know, every time I mention Ithaca College, someone either knows someone that was there or went yeah. there or, or knows someone that went to Cornell, which is in the same town. So, you know, that school of like 6,500 kids all with, you know, a like mind of like work hard and play hard um, was just so ideal for me. And, you know, while the sports aspect of it didn't work out, I ended up being able to go abroad, which was awesome. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's been my dream to live in New York City since I was about six years old. So the first time I ever came here was when I was six. And ever since then, it's been a dream of mine. And I knew getting over to the East Coast would just in general help with that. Um, mm -hmm. so that's, you know, a large reason why I picked Ithaca and I'm so happy that I did because, you know, now I'm here and I'm, I'm not, I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> yeah, no, I think yeah. you're a, you're a lifer. I, I don't yeah. think you're I don't see myself anywhere leave. else genuinely, like potentially in Europe maybe, but I, you know, I, New York just provides so much for me in terms of, you know, creative motivation I'm largely extroverted. So like just the going out nature of it, even though like I'm, you know, working on a sobriety angle right now, but just like even being social, you know, there's like leagues and, you know, there's tons of things to do socially without drinking. Yeah. So it just really like kind of in my heart, I feel as though it's, it's really the right place for me, especially, you know, as a, as a single person uh, currently like in my twenties and, you know, I could see myself living here with a family as well, maybe like in, in Brooklyn or somewhere like yeah. that. But yeah, I, I consider <laughs> myself, I, some people say you got to live here for 10 years to be a real New Yorker. I consider myself a New Yorker just based on how I've like attacked yeah. this city and, and really taken to it. Yeah. You're very much the New Yorker who like, I feel like you're not really in your apartment that much. Like you're kind of, you're like out all the time. I'm outside. I try to be. <laughs> yeah. Like you are out all the time and you love New York so much that you like literally make TikToks about the history of it too. And that's really cool. Like I've been here my whole life and I, there's, I learn from your, from your videos all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so I think the pure investment into New York makes you a New Yorker 
like on yeah, its own. That's what you said about being a native and still learning things about what mm-hmm. I have put out is the ultimate compliment. I've, I've received that compliment a few times or just that statement. And that is really what I'm going for. I, I, I want, mm-hmm. you know, there is so much to discover about this city every single day. I mean, you're walking past buildings where there were mob hits. You were walking past buildings yeah. where all of this history took place, right? And, and they could be from, you know, the Revolutionary War or the Civil mm-hmm. War, something like that. So it's just like, there, there's so much to discover and so much cool history here and, and so many cool people here. I, I just, it, it provides the energy that I need in a city. I also yeah. hate fucking driving, so I don't want to <laughs> drive. Um, and so that, you know, that's a positive aspect of it as well. And just, there, there's so many positives to living in New York. It's not the easiest place to live. It will build character. There are definitely some cons, but mm-hmm. the pros far, far outweigh the cons. So one of the cons that I think of living in New York City is the dating in New York City is so incredibly difficult. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious what like why you think it's so difficult. I was actually speaking about this with someone on a coffee walk this morning there. okay, (laughs) in New York City, you are almost a victim of your options. And I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. in any conceited manner. I think anyone would agree with that. You, I agree. you are, let's say you have Hinge and Bumble, right? As dating apps. So you have two avenues to meet people. Then if you are just living your life and going out normally and all these things, and you're, you know, maybe unafraid to pro- approach people or people approach you, then you're meeting other people there. Let's say you have friends, then they have friends of friends, then they have friends <laughs> of friends of friends. And you're just constantly, yeah. you're constantly meeting people in New York City, especially if you hang out with people that are of like mind and are of like age, right? So um, you can be a victim of options here. You can go on a date with someone and enjoy that date and you know, think that you could like that person, but you will find yourself on the subway home swiping on the apps again, just because 100%. maybe you're bored or maybe you think the grass is always greener. I think you're a victim of options and um, a victim of the grass is always greener mentality. I have, you know, definitely been someone of that nature in the past with dating, where you know I've gone two, three, four dates with someone and actually mm-hmm. think that I, you know, could like them. And, but I'm also like, oh, I want to go out and meet other people, or I still want to go on other dates or yada, yada. And meanwhile, like I have this perfectly great person right in front of me who, you know, potentially I could see myself liking and and moving forward with, yet I'm stuck in this headspace of there are other options out there, especially in a place like New York City, where there are a lot of, you know, just there, what, 13 million people on the island of Manhattan only. So when you factor in Brooklyn, whatever, Queens, and it's just like, you know, um, you you really are a victim of your options here. Part two is it's competitive here as well. Yeah. Um, There are a lot of good looking people here. And these good looking (laughs) people are constantly being barraged more than likely, especially attractive women being barraged with DMs, if they're on dating apps, they're getting a ton of likes there. They're more than likely getting approached out, all these things. And it's, you know, what can I do as a as a man who is attracted to females to separate myself? And, and a lot of the times it's, you don't want to try to separate yourself. All you can do as a human being is just be yourself and hope that you attract the right people in your life. So there's an aspect yeah. of forcing it you know, and also, um, God, what was the, what was the thing I said? You know, just like, yeah, options and competitiveness. Yeah, the options. And yeah. you know, uh, everyone in New York City is seeing two to three people at the same time. 
hundred percent. Or maybe, yeah. or maybe more. I know people that have gone out on six dates in a week. You know, like yeah. I've myself, I think my record's four in a week, you know, just because that's pretty good. It's, you know, it's, that was like pretty early on when I was new to the city and I just wanted to meet people and also, you know, wasn't on sex drive, killer antidepressants, you know, so it's <laughs> like, you know, and as I've, as I've gotten older, I think, you know, sex has, has been something that has been less of a priority in my life, um, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to dating. I used to go on dates, frankly, just with the, you know, with the potential that I could get laid, right? Like right. I found them attractive and I went in with the mentality of, oh, maybe I could, you know, get laid, right? Now yeah. <laughs> I'm going into dates with the intention of, oh, I get to meet someone new. I get to potentially, mm-hmm. you know, interact with someone that I find cool that maybe I can like, you know, no, not the pressure of, oh, this is the one, oh, I want to date them. It's just with the intention of going in thinking I am about to meet another human being that I could get along with. And if I don't, we go our separate ways. And if I do, then, you know, maybe it continues, maybe it doesn't continue, but at least I know that I was myself and all I could do was be myself and try my best to be a nice, fun date. Um, and so it's, but I mean, oh my God, Alyssa, the horror stories I've heard (laughs) men and women on dating in New York is, is insane. The most ridiculous human behavior, I think comes out of mostly men in dating. I I mean, goodness gracious, if I heard some just absolute horror stories, my, like, you know. I want to know one that sticks out to you because. Yeah, I have a good one. I have like with a girl. I'm trying to think of one that I have heard recently that like a a friend that's a girl told me, but I'll, I'll start with mine and maybe it'll come to me. So. Okay. You know, I think the pandemic didn't help a lot of people with how they interact with other human beings. Um, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> oh, just, that's actually so you know, A lot of people were interacting with other people. And so people like just became fucking uh, whack with other people. Yeah, right? people got weird. People got, people weird. got weird. People got very odd. And, and um, but yeah, so it was, I want to say June or July of early pandemic, right? So March, 2020, it hits June, July, 2020, before vaccines, anything. Um, I'm on Bumble and, you know, I haven't interacted with a girl in months up to this point. You know, I think this was my first date out, maybe first or second date during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I meet this cute girl on Bumble in the morning, like as I'm getting ready for work, whatever I swipe, we match. And I I was just at this point, I was like, no small talk. I'm just going to chew my shot. I just sent her a message. I was like, Hey, what are you doing tonight? If you would like to grab a drink, I would like to as well. And she was like, yeah, let's do it. Sure. So we go to um, a bar around me. I was living in Hell's Kitchen at the time. And she Mm. was on the Upper West Side. So it wasn't too far for her right there. Perfect. She didn't have to get on a subway or anything. Boom. We we outdoor dine and we're just drinking. And, um, you know, we're about 10 minutes in. It's just been small talk, yada, yada. And she goes, hey, what's your astrological sign? And at that point, I really didn't know too much. I knew I said, um, you know, I think I'm a Pisces. Uh, You know, Mm. February 22nd is my birthday. Alyssa, this girl reacted <laughs> like I kicked her dog in front of her. Literally, like slumps in her seat. No, and I, can, I can see it visually, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know, like, what is going on? What's happening? And I, I say that I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Are you like okay? 
That is you such a bizarre reaction. Think. I don't know to what have. happened. And you know what? But the all of these girls who are like horoscope girlies, they really make a bad name for themselves. They're doing it to themselves because why are you having that reaction from just Pisces? It, it did it did leave like a an interesting mark on me when it comes to astrology. Like I've had girls ask me my sign, and it's not I'm not gonna not tell them or like be weird about it or anything. It's, yeah. It's, look, anyone who who am I to judge an interest of someone if it doesn't sure. affect me? I guess at this time it did affect me, but not really because it was a first date. But, you know, she goes, my last three ex-boyfriends were Pisces. They all cheated on me. And my reaction was, I don't know your last name. And that was not the right reaction to have. But it was a genuine one because I didn't know her at all. Yeah. So I was like, why are you making this such a big thing? And, you yeah. know, I followed up and, sh and you know, she was like distraught almost. And I was like, um, you know, what's your sign? Like, can you teach me more about like what Pisces are and things like that and she was like no let's drop it let's forget it um we both finish our drinks about you know six seven minutes later and um i go do you even want another drink she goes nope date over wow yeah. that's I, i've told that story many times i got it down like down pat um but it was it was a very very interesting experience and you know while it, it hasn't turned me off from people that are into astrology again who am i to judge your interest but i do go in with a little bit of hesitancy if someone's yeah, like super yeah. into it i guess i think it's weird to use astrology as like hard and fast rules like there's so much that influences a person to be who they are to and to boil it down to just like you're a Pisces, which I will say one of my best friends. I didn't even realize this until now. You have the same birthday as one of my one of my best. Really? Friends. You, you know, yeah. I've, I have the same birthday as two really good friends of mine. Um, it's George Washington's birthday, February 22nd. I think it's a popular one. You know what? You know what? The hold on. What is the nine months? I believe it's May. So it's like oh. nice. people be fucking like, you know, people be fucking. People be fucking Wait, also, my necklace is two, two, two. There we go. Yeah. My lucky number is 22. Boom. There we go. Is that your angel there you number? Go. Yeah. yeah, my uh, I see it everywhere all the time. I, my, I was hanging out with my friend Caroline earlier this morning. Her angel number is 33. We saw it three times mm -hmm. just walking around. I, it's so weird because once you start, not to sound like an astrological girly, but like once you start, <laughs> we're just going down that path start, now. Oh my god, yeah. no! But like once you start noticing it, it's so weird that it happens over and over again. And actually, I need to tell you about the weird thing that happened with two 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 recently. So I left my full time job, mm -hmm. and the morning that I put in my two week notice, it was like I had to. The day that I had to do it was like. I had to do it by, I had to leave by a certain date because I was going away on vacation. And then like, it just like made the most sense. So I had to do it on that day, but I was really nervous about it because it felt like, oh my God, oh my God, like I have to do it today. And it felt like it snuck up on me. And the morning of that day, I woke up and it was 2.22. And I was like, that's wow, yeah, Yeah. And then my best friend in the entire world, like we literally were born in a, in, um, the Bronx and lived in apartments right next door to mm. each other. Like we've known each other our whole lives. And she told me that she was born at two 22 in the afternoon. And I was like, this shit is crazy. And it's just like, it comes up all the time and it just feels very like spooky. -ooky. I like yeah. it. And Hey, you know, yeah. You know me with the February 22nd birthday two twenty-two. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. See all the good people. There's two 22s around. Oh. Them. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
you talked a little bit about what you were like when you were younger. You, you talked like about some bullying and stuff like that. Were you dating in high school or? No. no? Nope, nope, nope. I looked like Squidward back in the day. <laughs> I was, you know, very skinny growing up. Um, I didn't prioritize, you know, so I, I was like a, a fairly elite level basketball player. Like I was, you mm-hmm. know, I went and played division three and like got some like D one walk on looks, things like that. But so that, you know, was, I had that aspect of my life and, you know, I grew up like skateboarding as well. So I always had sports. Sports was always the great Mm -hmm. equalizer for me, but you know, I moved to Austin, Texas when I was 11. Right. So Austin is especially where I went to high school. It's a high school called Westlake. We produced like fucking seven, eight NFL players, NBA players, the whole nine. So it's it's very like like masculine like yeah. you know I knew kids doing steroids and like all this stuff so and you know it was like the the girls liked the football players the girls mm-hmm. you know liked the they either liked like the football players or the other girls that liked like the rockers or like you know the kind of like artsy kids it was kind of like both right. of these things and I was in the middle where I wasn't either of them um, mm-hmm. so you know and I just I didn't date uh, I I really like had low self esteem. Um, I, I was attempting to be social. Like I would go to the parties. Right. And I was like smoking a lot of weed back then. And so like, I was like the guy who had all the, the, blah, you know, and, and yeah, sorry, mom. Uh, you know. <laughs> but you know, I, I was someone that prioritized funnily enough, prioritized trying to be popular in high school by doing all of these things, like be like going to parties and like, you know, smoking a lot and all these things and, and like being the guy that would drive everyone around and all these things. And it didn't work. You know, it, it straight up yeah. didn't work. And it, it's like kind of a testament to trying over, over trying, you're not going to succeed or well, you know what I mean, whatever I mean, su- succeed socially, you know, you mm-hmm. want it, you want it to be natural. Right. So, and, and, you know, and in turn with women, um, you know, I didn't lose my virginity until right before college. I did not have a girlfriend at all in high school, not even close. Um, I just, I, I didn't look, I don't think I looked very well, frankly, and I didn't prioritize like necessarily fitness and except for like running for basketball. So I was like, you know, I left school, I was six, one, 150 pounds. That's oh my God. really skinny. Right. And I'm yeah. now, but that's plus 25, 30 pounds. So it's like, you know, you could imagine how I looked and I just, I had no confidence. I didn't dress well. I didn't, um, you know, have a good haircut, all these things. And then in college, you know, I, I had enough social skills to, I think, kind of start over a little bit. I wasn't not, mm-hmm. I wasn't not being myself, but I kind of, I went to a place where I knew no one, right? I wasn't going to the Southern fraternity schools where there's a lot of pressure to do that. I was, you know, with the basketball players and then with the other athletes at Ithaca, which are kind of like the fraternities. Of, we didn't have fraternities at our school. So the sports teams are that, right? And, you know, I, I just kind of took it as, as a start over socially. And, um, you know, I was still kind of like self-esteem wise, not, not the greatest, but, you know, uh, girls, I guess, started kind of looking at me differently around like my sophomore year of college. And frankly, I, being the guy that tried to prioritize popularity and, and kind of looked at the guys that got a lot of girls as, people to look up to, which is stupid looking back, but you know, and girls started looking at me differently sophomore year. And then I just became a whore, Alyssa, like Ah! all of college, you know, I wasn't dating anyone in college either, but I was a 
floozy. Like to the period, as you should. You had you had some lost time. I had to make up I had for. time to make up, right? So I <laughs> was just uh God, I mean, you know, I, I just every but- every night I, I remember this. If I didn't if I didn't go out and get a girl that night, I was sad and disappointed at myself. I was like, what did you do wrong? Which is such, such a bad mindset to have. But you know what? That that continued for like three or four years, you know, and, and it wasn't mm-hmm. really until I started doing therapy seriously that yeah. I realized that I needed the validation from other people instead of looking inward and being happy with myself. And mm-hmm. I wasn't even talking about validation from guys I, like or friends, you know, because they were fine. Like my, I've always had like pretty strong friendships in the male sphere and in the female sphere. I've had good, like, you know, solid relationships with, with women in my life as well. Um, but I needed female validation for so long, Alyssa. And in, in mm-hmm. fact, like really until the pandemic started. Yeah. Um, it was it was just something deep down where I think I was so unattractive to women for a long time that I needed in my mind to like catch up or be competitive with the kids that like did get girls, you know, so mm-hmm. I focused a lot on that. And, you know, I, I it's not a regret at all because I've been able to meet cool people. And, you know, luckily, I've been healthy sexually. You know, I've, I've escaped any STIs yeah. or STDs, thankfully. But um you know, just seeking that validation from women, I think, gave me confidence a little bit socially because I'm able to, I don't really like have a, a fear of rejection anymore or anything like that. Yeah. But I also, you know, do feel bad for like how I treated some some women in my life, like, you know, like objects really. And, um, you know, like people that may have liked me and I just moved on quickly because I wanted the next validation. I wanted the, you know, dopamine from the flirting with this person instead of the person Mm -hmm. that I've already, you know, maybe had sexual relations with or hooked up with yada, yada. So that was, you know, something in my life for a very, very long time. Um, And I'm, I'm really happy that that has kind of gone away a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, a lot of it, Um, you know, now I'm like really dating with intention. I'm like, vetting you know the people that i'm going out with by like talking with them prior uh, mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm off the dating apps i'm like you know strictly in-person stuff now um or you know okay frankly me and you met on tiktok right so like, TikTok, <laughs> instagram like those you know while they're not dating apps they are a good way to connect yeah. with people and i've connected with so many totally. friends that way and things like that but yeah the, the whole my goodness the whole like growing up not you know receiving any um, affection from women and then almost overdoing it in college in my early twenties was, um, yeah, I mean, just a lot and something that I, I think back on and, t- and talk about it. And I'm almost like shocked at it, frankly, it, just yeah. based on, you know, my, my behavior now. And again, it's not a bad thing. I don't necessarily, I regret how I maybe treated some of the girls in my life who, um, I did like, or maybe they liked me and I just wasn't emotionally ready or, or available for them. Um, but we don't take L's, we take lessons, I guess, is you know yes. something that I've heard. And um, it's something that I, I try to try to stick by, you know. As, That's a great yeah, phrase. Yeah, I, I, I think it is. You know, it's it, everything's a learning lesson. Every relationship mm-hmm. is a learning lesson. Every interaction can be. So um, that's, that's just really how I try to take it. Yeah, I think that your experience needing validation from women because as a result as a result of what was going on when you were like in middle school high school that experience happens for so many people yeah. and i think like as you get older 
it, like you don't have the words to put to to really like label what you're doing at that time. So like I absolutely had a phase in my life where I felt like I was prioritizing the validation of men above like the things that I wanted and like the priorities that I had in in my own personal life. And without really knowing that that's what it was, it's a weird thing because you create this cycle where you're like disappointed in yourself when you like when you are not talking to anybody or there's like a weird loneliness that is so specific to that like validation sure. like stuff yeah. where like when you I feel like when you when you go through some therapy you get a little older and you learn how to like just be by yourself then the all of that kind of like melts away and then I I think like as much as you can feel bad for the way that maybe you like handled all of those situations, you were not, it was like, you were not the right person at the right time for that person. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Oh my God, if, if fucking someone got in a relationship with me in college, good luck. <laughs> like seriously, I that would have been a, a nightmare for all involved, more more yeah. them than than myself. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's, um, it's something that I'm really glad that um, I have attempted to rectify and I think somewhat have rectified in my life. Um, again, I, you know, I'm dating with a bit more intention now. Um, I'm not dating as much. Um, I, you know, where before I would overlook red flags so mm. much. Now I'm like really, you know, I'm, I'm honing in if I don't like something about someone not honing in, but you know, I'm just taking stock of these things. And if they're not mm -hmm. the right person for me, then, you know, it's, it's time to move on. And, you know, and, yeah. and that's vice versa. I've had, you know, so I've had kind of this like streak dating wise here recently where, um, you know, I've gotten two, three dates with um, a girl and I'm like, wow, you know, maybe like I could like them or, or I do like them already. Or like I could, I want to keep hanging out with them. And they're like, you know, it's not, not for me essentially. And, and Interesting. yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing. It's another problem with dating in New York. Again, and I think it goes back to options um, and being a victim of them is, you know, most people know by two or three dates, whether they like yeah. someone. In fact, I think people know whether they like someone within 10 minutes of talking to them. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, after those 10 minutes, it's basically what can they, what do they do? What, what are they going to do to fuck it up? Or like, what are they, what is like an ick that I'll find about them? What is a red flag about them that I'll find? When it mm -hmm. should more than likely be, what else can I learn about this person? And are they of, you know, my, are they kind of respective to my values? Are they mm -hmm. similar to, to me? Do we have similar interests, their family history, all these things like go into it, you know, instead, I, I think in dating culture these days, a lot of people look for the negative in a person instead yeah. of kind of a taking positive stock in what they have. And if they do have these negatives thinking, can I for lack of a better word, overcome them. Or if it's yeah. an obstacle, can I, if I do like them, power through that and maybe work on it with them, something like that. I mean, the, the thing about relationships is that it's so two people. It's not mm -hmm. you and the other person and your shit and their shit opposed. It's, it's our it's shit. Our, it's a mesh <laughs> and it has to be. Yeah. I mean, if it's not, then it, of course it's never going to work out. And, and, you know, that's why a relationship really is teamwork. It really is yeah. um, something that, that is needs to be worked on and molded crafted 
it's like motherfucking pottery, you know, like, <laughs> it's, it, but, and, and, um, you know, sadly, I just think really in today's, in today's dating world, we look towards the negatives instead of, um, the positives. And, and when we see those negatives, it's an immediate turnoff. It's immediate ick. Mm. Like the whole ick culture thing is hilarious to me. I've like seen girls go through icks on their phone. Like they have a list that mm-hmm. I, this one girl had a shared list with her friends of icks and one of them, yeah. oh my God, one of them was like so tiny. And you know what? I think largely a lot of them are, are jokes, but I think a lot of mm-hmm. them will turn these people off. Like, you know, it's it's there's a very short leash for people. And that's something I've, yeah. I've dealt with with girls as well. And and, you know, I'm sure I've I've touched on a bunch of icks for girls. And, you know, that's why I'm still fucking single, bro. But, you know, <laughs> um, look, again, all I can do is be myself, try my best and, and be positive about all these situations. And yeah, hope that, you know, the, the right one for me is out there somewhere. It's just uh We'll, we'll find her eventually. I think that the universe has weird ways of working things out for you. And so like, it's possible that the lessons that you need to learn on these like two, three date type of relationships or like just going about your everyday life solo completely, there might just be some things that you still need to learn. And I think when I'm listening to you explain sort of like the story arc of your dating, I understand very much that as you get older, the, the, um, stress of needing someone all the time is like real, really, really lessened. And so you're able to really focus on like the priorities. Yeah. And then once you feel like you have the majority of those priorities in check with a person, then evaluating those like little things, like whether they're like icks or like whatever small stuff, if that's something that you can work on mm-hmm. together. Sure. And that could be either like, I mean, it could be that you resolve it or it could be something where like you at some point just ignore it. But I think the biggest thing is if someone is willing to work on something with you, it speaks volumes. Like I care so much more about a person wanting to like work through something, like work through the hour shit versus having a person like appear to be perfect all the time and have something sort of bubbling under the surface. Yeah, absolutely. And and it shows a... a a level of maturity that I don't think a lot totally. of people have. I think in our generation, we have a, we, we're really bad at communicating. We're really yeah. bad at communicating our feelings because we don't like confrontation a lot of the time. We're really bad at communicating what we want because we don't want to seem like a burden to people, right? But mm-hmm. at the same time, you have to prioritize yourself when it, when you're, you know, maybe in the early stages of a relationship. And then you have to prioritize us when you are like really firmly in a relationship and work on, you know, yourself with your partner. And that's not to say like putting your problems onto your partner, because that's not a good thing, but someone that is willing to work on themselves within the frame of a relationship and not be stubborn. There are so Mm -hmm. many examples that I have of friends who get into a relationship and are so stubborn. They don't want to change for the other person and it'll never work out. Right. And I'm not saying change how you are or yourself, but if you have these habits that are not good, first of all, you should just change them for yourself. But Mm -hmm. if you are not constantly evolving and trying to constantly get better as a human being, you're going to stay stagnant and people are going to see that. And that's why there's such a fucking high divorce rate in this country. Yeah. I mean, the divorce rate is above, I think, 60% now. 
I'm a child of divorce. You know, the problem I think with me and validation with women is that I didn't necessarily see a lot of love in my house growing up. My mom and my dad divorced at 11 when I was 11. And I went to live with my dad in Austin, Texas. My mom stayed in California. Granted, my mom and dad are two of the best people I have in my life. They're my two best friends. I love them Mm -hmm. to death. But they together were not good for each other. And their divorce really helped me in my life, frankly. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a source of burden, sadness, strife. It was a source of these two people don't like each other. They need to move on. They need to, you know, get other partners and and go other places in their life. And they did. And and I think it actually genuinely helped me out. But where it didn't help me out is my relationship with women. So it's something, you know, that I've been working on in therapy forever and, and, um, you know, really trying to take heed of. And that's another reason why I'm, I'm, you know, really trying to go at uh, the whole like sobriety thing and really attacking it because, you know, when you're when you're using, when you're drinking a lot, um, using other substances, you're very selfish. A lot of these actions mm-hmm. are incredibly selfish. You are um, constantly searching for something that almost will never come when it comes to using substances. And when you're under the influence, a lot of the time, you are not thinking straight. You are not thinking about other people. You are thinking about your next high, your next drink, your next hangover that affects all of these other things that you're supposed to do. I mean, I cannot, I, it's innumerable how many times I've had to cancel on plans in the last two years because I've been too hungover or I stayed up all yeah. night. Or, you know, all these things. So, uh, you know, sober dating now is something that I'm like trying to get used to. And Mm -hmm. I've, I've, you know, in the kind of small time I've had with it over these last few weeks, it's been nice. Like I've gone on like three dates in the last three weeks, I'd say, and all sober. And they've been, they've been wonderful. They've been like really good. And I'm able to like get to know the person and interact and remember where they went to college, you know, and remember this thing about their mother that, you know, and and all these things. So, you know. It's chaotic dating here. Our generation, I think it's very difficult to date, but at the same time, um, you know, I'm, I'm being a lot more, uh, my, my intentions with dating have become a lot stronger and clearer. Um, yeah. And I'm really happy about that. Yeah. And I'm excited for you and your sobriety journey too. I think it's funny because I, I, I drink a lot less than I used to mm. because as i got older my hangovers have been so bad worst. that i'm like this oh is my God. simply not worth it <laughs> you know mine were lasting two, two two and a half days like literally yeah like, like i can't hour hangovers i'm like are, are you kidding me you yeah know, like i can't it's not worth it's it six hours of fun for two yeah. days of shit and like but you want to know what's crazy is i don't i don't miss being like drunk like i really don't like i actually have equal amounts of fun when I'm sober or had like one or two drinks in an entire night because you are so much more present. And it's also kind of, it's interesting to be around other people who are drinking like heavily and to be, to like still have your wits about Mm -hmm. you and see how differently your nights go. Like it just, it's such a different experience, but I've had so much fun being like- Yeah, like- like, I I hate going out sober because I was, uh, you know, I was the one who always was- the party leader. I wanted to be like the class clown and kind of like, you know, you've seen me out, right? So you know (laughs) how I was. And drunk people are fucking annoying. You know, just like (laughs) I'm sure I was to a sober person, right? So I'm trying to get used to that. And I really hope that I take that mentality that you have and use it like this, this weekend is going to be my first test of going out sober. Mm. Um, And I've done it prior, but that's why I know I don't like it. 
but I'm going to try yeah. my best to like get in that mindset of these things. I went to two birthday dinners last week where everyone was drinking. I left both of them early because I could see where they were mm. going and I didn't want to be tempted, yeah. which I'm proud of myself for doing. I could have slipped, you know, but I, um, I, I stayed strong and this weekend I'm going to try to like actually have nights out and completely okay. sober and, and see where they are. But yeah, if you have any tips for me that I would really appreciate that. I would say to remind yourself that you're not going to have a hangover the next day to like look forward to waking up the next day and feeling totally fine is really helpful. For me, the biggest thing that I struggle with is my social battery when I'm sober and out is like, like zero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's really tough. But once I, I feel like I get in the habit of it, it's sort of like once you get the ball rolling, it's way, it's way easier. But if you go to the bar and you ask for like a seltzer with lime and it looks like a, like a, yeah, it's like a placebo sort of effect. Yeah. Placebo. Yeah. I really think there's a placebo effect with shit sure. like that. And if you go to, if you go to restaurants now, 99% of them have mocktails on the menu mm. and that experience of getting something that's like mixed and tastes good and special, like you wouldn't get yeah. that if you were just sitting at home, yeah. it sort of scratches the itch a little bit. And I like I've enjoyed that experience too. Mm, I need to I need to get on my mocktail game heavy because honestly, I think even if I taste out al like non-alcoholic mm. alcohol, like if there's a I, I'm such a big fucking gin and tonic fan, I need yeah. to find a good non-alcoholic gin because I think if mm. I just taste it, I'll be fine. Like and, yeah. and you know, my my mother is has been sober for 35 years and I don't think is a big fan mm. of non-alcoholic beverages because right it's scratching the itch. Sure. I need to talk to her more about it, but you know, if, if that helps me maintain my, cause again, I'm extroverted sober. Right. But yeah. I do feel a bit more uncomfortable out when I'm not drinking because I'm so used to being drunk. I mean, I have had totally in my system since the age of 15, I don't think I've gone more. I, I did 50 days sober two summers ago. That's the mm -hmm. most I've been sober since I was 15 years old. Right. Wow. So, you know, I've, I've, cause I, I would smoke a lot of weed and I was always like trying to like be the party guy and drink and everything. So, mm. and obviously in college it was a lot. And then in my twenties in New York, it's been plentiful. Right. So, mm. um, you know, my, my brain needs to adjust. My brain needs yeah. to remember what it's like to have like childhood, you know, things that I enjoy. Right. Like I want to, totally. I kind of want to get back to enjoying the little things in life. And, and that's what I've, you know, been told in sobriety, you, you kind of get the joy back in your life, you get a, a, you know, a sparkle back in your eye, and you, you know, your skin gets clear and all these things. I mean, yeah. my mom has told me so many times, you know, no one goes sober and hates their life and, and, you know, hates their life, right? People go back, right? Obviously, there's a ton of relapse statistics out there. But you know, everyone that I've spoken to that's sober, no one is worse off because they went sober. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They knew the path they were going down and they knew it was going to be strife, struggle, pain. And so, yeah. and that's why they do it. And, and you know what? I have so much addiction in my bloodline, you know, two grandfathers that I never met who died of heart disease and alcoholism, mm -hmm. you know, my mom and, and, you know, my, my dad was not like a big, you know, drinker in my life growing up, thankfully. So, um, you know, it's in my bloodline and I, I, sadly, I, I just like, can't drink well you know i have one and yeah. then i have 20 it's like a binge binge usage thing so i'm really yeah. you know i'm trying to work on it
There are um, non-alcoholic spirits that have adaptogens in them, and some of them even have like little bits of caffeine in them. Oh yeah, that would and be those nice. are helpful. Yeah. I'll send you a picture of the one that I have upstairs. It's like grapefruit jalapeno flavor, <laughs> oh, but it has. It's so good, but it's like it has like the. Um, it almost has like the burn of alcohol, but almost more similar to like kombucha. Like I don't really know. It's it's really yeah, good, I think and Bella I made really has good her cocktails. Own brand now. Yeah, that, well, now it's like it's becoming a thing to explore sobriety, and I think, I think part of it is getting away from like this whole like lifestyle of being out and partying and drinking and all this stuff. And one of the things that I think I've noticed again, like I never, I'm not like I'm not actually like sober, but I drink a way less. Mm -hmm. And by deprioritizing going out and drinking and doing that kind of stuff. I found hobbies again. Like remember yeah. hobbies? Yes. Like yes. I Yeah. <laughs> like, going to the I, movies is like something right. I've been doing recently. And I'm like, whoa, where was this the last like five right. years? I'm like, oh my God. I, I started planting things. Wow, you're gardening I'm, now? Let's fucking go. I, I'm really, I've been saying this for the longest time. I've entered my nonna era. Like I am old <laughs> woman. I I started gardening um, over Christmas. I learned how to knit. I didn't continue, but right. I just made something for my grandma. And, you know, but like just finding hobbies again yeah. makes me realize how limited your life is when you're in a cycle of like wanting to go out and getting the validation from going out and getting like cool pictures and that also creates a cycle of validation. And I think there's also a lot of like the social media pressure to make it look yes. like yes. you're having this like amazing time all the time and like living the highlight reel every day. And the reality of the situation is like those people are throwing up <laughs> the next day yeah. and yeah. they're not able to take advantage of the complete day if they want yeah, to. I, and it's I, like I have a problem with FOMO. It's, it's starting to become less mm -hmm. and less, thankfully, but like a good example was on Thursday of last week, right? When it was kind of that first summer feeling day. I go yeah. out for my post-work walk, which I've, you know, been doing and it's a nice mind clear and everything. Everyone is outside drinking. You know, I'm walking through mm -hmm. Nolita. It's like Rin Tin Tin, Nelly yeah. Cafe, spring lounge they're all just slammed and i'm like mm -hmm. god i would be there in five fucking seconds drinking but mm -hmm. what i am rec what i recognize about that is i would have one then i'd have five then mm -hmm. i would probably you know do other things and mm -hmm. then i would stay up all night and i wouldn't be able to go to work the next day Right. Or I would just yeah. struggle for the next three days. Right. And yeah. so it's, you know, what I've kind of been doing is when I feel this urge, I take stock in how I know I'm going to behave when I drink um, mm. and not behave in a bad way. It's just behave with literal drinking is, is this six to eight hour period, you know, or maybe 12 to 15 hour period where I know I'm going to overuse worth feeling regret shame and anxiety for the next 48. Right. Yeah. And that was something that I was able to rectify in my brain for a very long time, but something that I can't let become a part of me again, because mm. it is just so tiring. And I was, I felt unhealthy all the time. I was eating bad because I would just get Grubhub. I didn't want to like walk literally the five steps to the bodega to even get like mm -hmm. a salad, you know, like something. Yeah. So um, you know, it's just a spiral for me. And, and that's like where I could see, you know, I, I was, I was pretty hesitant to ever call it an addiction that I had, mm -hmm. but 
trust me when I tell you, it was, and I can see where it was going, and it was not going anywhere good. Yeah, well, I'm proud of you for recognizing that, and not only looking at it kind of like in the fucking eyes, but being able to just kind of turn it around so <laughs> so strongly, and so like I know you've you've been sober before, but to really like commit to it is is really tough. Yeah, and trust me when I tell you, who, whoever is listening out there, if I can do get sober, trust me, you can do. <laughs> Alyssa's seen me party, fam. I love <laughs> drinking and going out. I it's one yeah. of my favorite things to do of all time. But I'm also a very ambitious person who has these hobbies that I really enjoy and I want to be successful in life. I don't want my life to fly by in a haze of hangover and and drunkenness. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just trying to prioritize life that way over life this way, over life of just, you know, haziness and hangovers, like frankly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and, and it's, it's taken a really long time to, to kind of like get that way in my brain. I also did not want my identity to be the party guy, which it mm. has been now for years. Everyone in my, you know, realm, my sphere knows that I love going out and knows that I love to imbibe and, you know, just do all of these things to not be sober. And it's not like I'm mm-hmm. escaping anything because I'm fine sober and I like people no matter what. But I enjoyed that life more, and now I don't. And I'm yeah. glad that I've been able to change it. Granted, it's still early on. I'm like, you know, two and a half weeks in. But yeah. the, I and I know people are going to scoff at that number and say, "Ugh, he'll be back." This is the most confident I've been about something in my life for a very long time. That I will maintain this, and I'm going to start going to meetings. Um, you know, I'm still in therapy, and it's just, you know, I, I'm I'm very very adamant about bettering myself it's something that's that's you know i'm trying to have to be a very important part of my life that's amazing i'm so excited for you thanks yeah i think it'll also change some of the way that your dating life goes because it's definitely gonna change that yeah yeah, like like you said like remembering where these people went to college like that that's nice but it also means that like because you're remembering stuff you're more present and more engaged with all the conversations that you're having you could actually get to know people and you know, mm-hmm. and I also think like if if you like a person who's not going to party like that, like the likelihood of them just being like, oh, no, I can't do this. <laughs> like that's, you know, that also I think could come into play. I think like people who go out all the time can can feel very intimidating for someone who doesn't. And so yeah. now that you found like a balance there, um, mm. I think it'll oh. open you up to a lot more people. Yeah. I mean, you know, even Alyssa, you've spoken about my yeah. party and how, <laughs> and how too much, like, you know, for, for you and, and, you know, I'm glad we're friends and, it, but it's like, you know, people that I was like dating in my life mm-hmm. have spoken to me and been like, this is too much. Like I, I can't either, I can't keep up with you. Mm-hmm. I, you are not communicative enough largely because I was either drinking or hungover. Mm-hmm. Um, you are prioritizing going out over hanging out with me. There was there was this lovely, lovely girl that I was dating who was older than me mm-hmm. by by a little bit, but like someone I, I genuinely did like. And I was in such a bad place during the time I was dating her. I was really trying my best. I was putting forth this effort, but there was this one time where we were gonna hang out on a fucking Tuesday. Oh god. But my friends wanted to go out. And so I just ghosted her and went out. I didn't, and I said nothing to her. She, and I wake Aww. up the next day and I call her and I was just so 
pissed at myself and yeah. sad for letting myself do that. And it was, I never wanted to ever make someone feel that way ever again. And I never wanted to feel that way ever again. I mean, look, I, I am naturally a people pleaser and that's, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, but here's the thing. Another reason I'm getting sober is because when I'm hurting other people in my life, based on my usage of these substances, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. I can deal with making myself anxious, sad, and depressed. When I'm making other people feel that way, that can't happen. Mm -hmm. That's living life with anxiety and regret of others. And that is such a hill you can tumble down. Yeah. And one that I, I never want to deal with again. And I'm sure it'll come up in a sober world as well. But I, I would hope I would have the communication skills and the confidence as someone who is, you know, has a clear head to, to be able to, to rectify any situation I get myself into that could potentially be negative. Yeah. Yeah. And you also are naturally just a sweet, kind person. Like you just are like friendly and nice and like like there are times when you'll like just randomly call me because you're just like taking a walk and it's like so like so thoughtful and nice to just like say hi and and yeah. um and so like I'm excited for this this new ch chapter for you I think this is gonna be like really exciting and now you're gonna have to start a whole new series on TikTok of like the best sober dates that you can have because so yeah. many of them yeah. were like like the best bars for this this and this yeah go to this bar and yeah. for your date at this bar yeah. Like, God bars to go and it's you know what? Uh, yeah I do you I went have ideas? On a, oh, I went on a date. I this is a little little plug. Um, <laughs> I went on a date recently where we went on a dumpling tour. Ooh, and then uh, what did we do after that? A dumpling tour in it was like it was a dumpling tour Cute. essentially of like and it was all walking. You know, we went from uh, Lower East Side into Chinatown, and it was great. It was, That's oh, awesome. we went to an arcade after. Ooh. Like, how cool is that? Like, in Chinatown, just a little arcade, played yeah. uh, table hockey or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and it was lovely. That's it was so nice. You know yeah. what I also found out is, like, amazing? The Botanical Gardens in the Bronx. Yes. Holy. Yeah, and in, there's one in Brooklyn, too. Oh, my God. I don't know what the one in oh, Brooklyn beautiful. looks like, but one of my friends has a an annual pass. Like, she goes there all the time. And Great place is, for Sunday scaries. Uh, Yes, great place for Sunday yeah. scaries. Great day for like a uh to go on like a nice date walk if you want to like actually talk to the person sure. and like I think that would be really nice. <laughs> actually talk to the person. <laughs> well, because you know what I think of all the time, like like yeah. a, a sober date that like feels very immediate in my brain is going to the movies, but then you're just like not gonna talk to each other for two hours. Yeah, movie you know, movie dates are that's when you're like dating, I think. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like kind of middle school, high school to do that just because yeah. you can't really do too much else, but Look, I love going to the movies now. It's, you know, and I, I always have, but I would like be too hungover or too broke to go because yeah. I spent all my, I mean, God, saving money now is so nice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, like getting out of credit card debt, being able to pay my rent on time. It's, mm -hmm. you know, again, it's all new. It's all new. Um, but I'm I'm very, very happy right now with, with how this is going. And it's yeah. something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. And I've been conscious of my addiction, but, you know, now acting on it, executing upon uh, these mm -hmm. things is is just awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you. And I think that this is going to open up your world and your life in a much different way. And you're going to just I think you're going to see the world very differently and it's going to be really exciting. So I'm so excited for you. This is like, Thanks, appreciate it. this is so great. I ask everybody who comes on the pod, mm -hmm. what is like the best dating advice you've ever, 
you've heard or one that like really sticks with you? Never go into a date with the wrong intentions, mm -hmm. I think. And and this is something that I really had to learn. Um, I, I spoke earlier about how I'd go into dates just to get laid or I'd go into dates, you know, oh, they're so hot. They could be the one if I act this way or if I am this way, right? Date with positive intentions. The intention should always be, I'm going to meet someone new and and if they come into my life in a positive manner and just in a in a way that that makes my life better and hopefully can make their life better that is ideal never put this weird pressure on yourself to think that they're the one or that you're going to date them right i've dated a lot of people who just turned out to be friends mm -hmm. right i you know have dated people where we don't speak again it's it's a kind of a crapshoot yeah. but as long as you enter a date with the intention or idea that, you know, I could potentially meet a very cool person and they could possibly impact my life. That is the only way I think you, you should go about it. Never put pressure on yourself to be in relationships. I, yeah. I've always found it odd that person, that relationship hops yeah. and cohabitates with other people, because I think it shows that you cannot be independent. Mm -hmm. And and you have trouble being alone with yourself. And it's something that, you know, some people deal with and, and need to, to learn to love themselves. I think it's a form of self-love to be able to be by yourself and independent with your own thoughts. Yeah. Um, something that, you know, I've dealt with and, and tried to work on. Again, being extroverted, I love being with people. Mm -hmm. But I also now am really appreciating my alone time and my ability to sit with my thoughts, think why am I thinking that way mm -hmm. and and, you know, kind of rectified in my head. And, and so, yeah, when it comes to like actual dating, just date with, with a positive intention, positive mindset and uh, have manners. Don't treat service people like shit for God's sake. And, and just be, just be nice and, and, and yourself, unless yourself sucks, then, <laughs> then, then don't date and go to therapy and work on yourself. Cause I do not want to hear. I don't want to hear more fucking horror stories from like these friends that are girls of these yeah, dates. Yeah, they're plentiful and they're all nightmares. <laughs> I know you asked for one earlier, and I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain because I think I've heard so many now. What was what was one? Someone was mentioning one earlier, like last week to me. Some finance guy, and he like he was like being really inappropriate. Yeah, you know, like like mentioning sex really early on which is a huge red flag yeah being really pushy and aggressive oh the first date so before the first date happened she asked uh or i'm sorry he asked her to come over first like like come over watch a movie order dinner before I, they'd no. ever met, before they'd ever met no <laughs> look i've i'm hands up i've done that before when i was like 23 and 24 years old right 28 years old, I could not think of something creepier yeah. than to do that. So don't do that. Don't take girls within five minutes of your apartment as well, because that's mm -hmm. creepy and can set bad intentions. Go to their neighborhood. Seriously, like you get to explore a new neighborhood more than likely and explore new spots. Ask them what they want to do. Yeah. You know, and if they like, or ask them, you know, what type of food they like or what type of bars they like. And if they tell you, then you can do your own research and make the plans, right? But you know, or if you know some really cool place, be like, you know, enthusiastic about it, say, let's go here. I really like it here, mm -hmm. yada, yada. So, I mean, just, you know, 
I think I just gave like five pieces. No, but they're they're all really good. I think like check in with your intentions before you go on a date and remind yourself of those intentions while you're on the date. Don't um, take a girl out to your apartment or five minutes from your, like in the radius of your apartment because it seems creepy. Go to her neighborhood because you'll explore and like ask person questions so that yeah. you know what they actually want to do please please get to know these people don't yeah. if, like they want to know about you as well but i think for for the guy especially especially if we were the ones setting the date mm-hmm. making the date asking the date i want to get to know you i i know about myself and yes i will tell you whatever you want to know but please ask questions, you know, and, and make sure they're fucking good questions. You know, kill, fuck, marry, Chinese <laughs> food, Italian food, Mexican food. No, I'm kidding. I mean, that's a fun question to get to know someone. Honestly. But, you know, just, um, yeah, I mean, just heed if you want to heed what I have said. And I think it'll it'll end up a little bit better for you in, in the dating sphere. Yeah, I think so, too. Well, thank you for coming on. I love hearing about your whole um, sobriety journey. And I think this is going to be really exciting. What do you have going on? You have... Are you are you active with Nigel Roxbury? Like, what's happening? Yeah, so music-wise, I've taken a, a little step back. I got um, a little disinterested with the whole music thing just because um, I was making a lot of it and it wasn't really doing too much. And I also kind of found this new hobby with the history videos that I've done, the yeah. recommendation videos. So what I have going on is TikTok, I'm at Nigel Roxbury, and um, if you want any, if you want to know anything having to do with New York, I more than likely got you. I have tons of recommendations, tons of history profiles on certain places, um, buildings, you know, restaurants, bars, things like that. Um, and I also have uh, an Instagram called NYC History Hub, where I do that plus more with like mm-hmm. pictures and things like that. It's and then so I'm on cool. Instagram. Thank you so much. I really, it's it's something that you know, has, has been a hobby and now has turned into, it's really changed my life, which is mm. fucking insane to think about. I mean, the amount of like friends I now have from TikTok, I've met an ex-girlfriend on TikTok. I met you on TikTok. Yes. Like <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really changed my life for the better. And it's something that I really want to pursue and, and, um, you know, just keep building and growing. That's awesome. I'm so excited. And thank you for coming on. I appreciate it so, so much. And um, we'll put all of your links in the bio so everyone can follow you and keep up with all of your things. (laughs) Cool. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Alyssa. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. As a reminder, we are always accepting questions about sex ed, about relationships, life advice. We will accept it all. We would love to hear from you. So send us an email to Alyssa Explains It All Pod at gmail.com. <laughs>